Celebrate the historic 100th Greeley Stampede, June 23rd through July 4th, featuring concerts, rodeo, carnival, and more. Tickets available at GreeleyStampede.org. This is Mornings with Kale and Northern Colorado's Voice, 1310 KFKA. Look up fentanyl and you'll learn it's a narcotic drug, a synthetic opioid. It's in the same broad category as historically abused and frequently deadly drugs like heroin. You might also learn that the number of fentanyl-related overdose deaths in Colorado skyrocketed more than 50% from 2019 to 2020. Sadly, those deaths continue to surge. 708 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310, KFKA, Mornings with Gail, from the Allo Communications Studios. This, after many hours of debate, including a narrow decision against adding a new felony charge for possession of any amount of fentanyl in the state, the Colorado House voted to pass a bill meant to limit the spread of fentanyl. The bill is uh, 1326, House Bill 1326. It has since moved uh, to the Colorado Senate. Joined this morning by Weld County Sheriff Steve Reams. Sheriff Reams, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Gail. It's always a pleasure. Uh, disappointment, I think, would be the way to best sum this up because I know uh, members of law enforcement, any other groups have been uh, just screaming about the fact that any amount of fentanyl is deadly and it needs to be criminalized. Correct. You know, the the legislature, anytime there's a great idea where they could just fix something, it seems like they've managed to screw it up, and this is another one of those uh, circumstances. You know, the, the data is pretty clear that any amount of fentanyl is deadly, and therefore any amount of that, that same drug should be punishable by a felony. Um, it's not, it's nothing, if for nothing else, to protect the person who might be a potential user. If we can get them in jail, at least maybe we can remove them from the, from the temptation of the drug. But uh, as for normal course, uh, our state legislators uh, have continued to not want to do the, the hard thing and, and address the issue. So they've, they've added some caveats in this 1326 that still mm-hmm. allows for some possession at a misdemeanor level and then have added the terms in that someone has to knowingly possess fentanyl in order to be prosecuted, which actually makes the law worse. Um, it, it's just... It's troubling, um, but it is what it is. You know, I, I'm to the point now where I expect no good from the legislature, and they never disappoint. Now, this is kind of interesting, and I just wanted to get your take on this, uh, working from a variety of sources this morning, but a piece by Alex Burness in the Denver Post talking about the bill indeed has moved to the Senate. Now, he points out the dynamics there are different from those in the House. For one, Democrats have a much narrower advantage there, owning 20 of 35 seats. He says further amendments are guaranteed after more than 160 were introduced in the House. But uh, will any of those amendments uh, go to what law enforcement has been asking for for so long? You know, I'm hopeful. Um, but, 
it seems like every time that those amendments go through, even if it's to our advantage, there's always some other like sticking point that's thrown in. And there are some Democrats uh, in the Senate that are pro law enforcement. They're they're still pro rule of law. Um, you know, uh, Senator Rhonda Fields for all of the things that. Uh, people might not appreciate her. Typically, she's pretty good on law enforcement bills because of the history with her son and, you know, how he was violently murdered. Um, so, you know, there are a few few on the D side of the aisle that could help us on this. My fear is we're going to trade zero grams of possession for the wording of knowingly possess, and uh, that's going to make a prosecutor's job almost impossible. And I know we've talked about uh, that phrase, knowingly possess, but if you would be so kind, uh, break that down for us again, because here's what I hear. What? Fentanyl? How'd that get there? Well, you just, you just explained it as clear as, as clear as could be. You know, we arrest <laughs> a guy on the street or a person on the street. We find that they're in possession of illegal narcotics. We test the narcotics. We find out there's a presence of fentanyl. And the person says, well, I didn't know it had fentanyl in it. Well, we can't charge him at that point. Uh, we can charge them with, with narcotics, but we can't charge them with the, the felony level, uh, fentanyl possession. You know, they do, if they're less than four grams of any other drug, they're going to get a ticket and sent on their way. So, um, if you don't think drug dealers and drug users will figure this out in a heartbeat, right. uh, I mean, it, it's, it will be all over the street in a matter of minutes. Well, and I mean, it is a drug of mass destruction, dangerous not only to users, but uh, users that are apprehended uh, by law enforcement because you have that dermal transfer of a drug where a grain of it can kill. Yeah, and, you know, there were actually people testifying on this bill saying that's not a truthful statement that you can't. you can't ingest fentanyl through, you know, through any means other than, you know, actual putting it into the bloodstream into your mouth through mm-hmm. your nose and that that's simply not the case um this stuff is extremely potent comes in many forms and you know we all have a little bit of moisture on our hands you touch that you're in you're in bad news you're in bad shape uh, mm-hmm. i'm fentanyl is the most dangerous thing we've seen in the drug world uh in my 25 years in law enforcement and i i don't know how we can dance around the issue it shouldn't even be considered a drug. It should be considered a poison. But we keep playing around with it, and the legislature uh, keeps avoiding the the easy answer, uh, which may also be the, the hard answer uh, as far as dealing with drug offenders, but it's the easy answer for public safety. Mass-produced in China, fentanyl is, packaged in Mexico, and distributed across the border by those who are now in control of the border, the cartels. Correct. And once those people are across the border, you're seeing what's happening on the news every day. We're basically importing those people into the interior United States, ICE and Border Patrol, uh, under the leadership, and I say that in air quotes, of Joe Biden. Uh, they're distributing these, play- these people inside the, the interior United States so they can show up to court later, uh, allegedly. But in the meantime, you know, they, they reconnect with the cartel and they're set up in a, as a distributor in the interior United States. Um, and we basically are their, their logistics firm. The United States government moves them around and makes it convenient. I mean, it's it's frustrating. It's happening right here in our own state, and most people are oblivious to it, um, even, even our legislators, apparently. Well, and sadly, it's not a rhetorical question, Sheriff Reams. How many more people have to die before something meaningful is done to stop this? 
Well, that's a, that's a sad question because while they've been debating this, this issue, um, you know, two to three Coloradoans are dying every day uh, of fentanyl overdoses. And eventually, you know, that's going to hit someone that even these legislators love. And you, you just have to ask yourself, uh, how, how, can you, how can you turn a blind eye to this? How can you walk away from it? How can you justify it? And I, I think it's only because it doesn't seem real to them. Bad policy leads to bad outcomes. It's as simple as that. 715 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310, KFKA, Mornings with Gail, from the Allo Communications Studios. And Sheriff Reams, with a heavy heart, I bid you adieu in a few days <laughs> as, I has, as I have resigned from my morning show right here on uh, 1310 at KFKA. Very bittersweet, very difficult decision. But I've been so blessed uh, with your being so available and so transparent and so darn honest with us over the years. And I'm, uh, it's, uh, it's really a, a tough decision, but, uh, you know, other opportunities are ahead and uh, kind of excited about those. But I just wanted to take a, a few minutes of your time to thank you for being so gracious with your time over the past six years. Well, you've been a great friend, Gail, and uh, I'll, I'll, I always enjoyed having our, our text battles, our text strings back and forth during political debates. I assume that will still continue, but uh, we won't have to rehash it on the radio a few days later. But I, I think what you really should tell your listeners is how you managed to figure out how to retire at age 25. <laughs> That's right. There you go. Uh, yes, age indeed is a state of mind. It's been said youth is a gift, age is an art. And uh, I'll tell you what, I will be highly disappointed if all the snark texting comes to a close. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's that's been a great friend. You've been a great friend. You've been awesome for helping us get messages out. And um, you know we're going to miss you. But uh, you know greener pastures, and I'm sure you'll you'll resurface somewhere doing something even equally as fun. Oh well, thank you so much, and thank you for your friendship as well. And know how much we appreciate uh, what you and your deputies do each and every day. You'll be missed. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, and thanks for your time. Uh, you know, informing us here in the Greeley and Weld County area. You've been you've been great. Well, I'll tell you what; it's been a privilege, a blessing, and a true honor. Weld County Sheriff Steve Reams. Thanks again. Take good care. Thank you. Seven seventeen now. Northern Colorado's Voice one zero three one thirteen ten KFKA. Mornings with Gail from the Allo Communications Studios. This time check sponsored by the Candlelight Dinner Playhouse, where you can experience the epitome of the musical dinner theater experience. Find out what I'm talking about. Jump online. Visit ColoradoCandlelight.com for tickets and show information. Candlelight Dinner Playhouse in Johnstown, Broadway in your backyard. Keep it tuned to Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA for Preps Baseball. Letting it play in tribute. To Earth, Wind, and Fire's Andrew Wolfolk, saxophonist for Earth, Wind, and Fire. 
dead at the age of 71. 725 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310-KFKA. Mornings with Gail from the Allo Communications Studios. All right, who isn't a fan of Earth, Wind, and Fire? I can't think of anyone but such a sad news as uh, Andrew Wolfolk, so instrumental uh, to Earth, Wind, and Fire, once again has passed away at age 71. He helped create some of the band's biggest hits, including September and, of course, Boogie Wonderland passing away Monday following a six-year illness. The official cause of his death has not been disclosed. The sad news was announced by bandmate Philip Bailey, who penned a very touching tribute on Instagram. Bailey wrote, I met him in high school, and we quickly became friends and bandmates. We lost him today, penning this on Monday, after being ill for over six years. He has transitioned to the forever, from this land of the dying to the land of the living. Powerful words from one Philip Bailey. Now, he did not specify what the illness was, and uh, he went on to write, Great memories, great talent, funny, competitive, quick-witted, and always styling. Booski, I'll see you on the other side, my friend. Now, drummer John Paris wrote on Instagram, Rest well, Brother Andrew. Now, Wolfolk had two stints with the band, uh, one from 1973 to 1984, again, uh, 1987 uh, to 1993. Their hits during his tenure were numerous, including A Shining Star, September, Boogie Wonderland, Let's Groove, and After the Love Has Gone. Earth, Wind, and Fire uh, won six Grammys with uh, Wolfolk, the the saxophonist in the band as well. Now, again, the outpouring of uh, support uh, for Mr. Wolfork is just absolutely incredible. Again, he was born in Texas in 1950. He joined Earth, Wind, and Fire in 1972. Uh, This was three years after uh, the group was first formed. Working from a variety of pieces this morning because I know so many of you, like me, a huge Earth, Wind, and Fire fan. In fact, uh, geez, uh, Keith Weinman, uh, Financial Gravity Colorado in, uh, we have tickets that show uh it's to see earth wind and fire in santana in denver that show's been canceled what for two years now hopefully uh the third time is a charm yeah and the longer you wait the more the more excited you get about it i mean it's what it'll be is that the third time we've seen them yeah i believe it is and and i can't wait it's not like yo i've seen them before no it didn't work that no way. no that music is so good Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is Wolfhard, despite being a member of one of America's most famous bands, he was fiercely protective of his private life. Uh, Nobody knows whether he was married or had kids. But once again, uh, fans flocking to Twitter, as uh, they are uh, prone to do. Uh, By the way, Andrew Wolfhard is a Denver native did you know that but uh, fans flocking to twitter after news of his passing was announced uh with one sharing a link 
to September and saying, you cannot not dance to this song. Thanks for the joy and the great memories, Andrew Woolfolk, passing away. Uh, former saxophonist for Earth, Wind, and Fire, passing away Monday at the age of 71. 729 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310 KFKA, Mornings with Gail from the Allo Communications Studios. Yes, April has been an ugly month for investors, but, uh, well, the major averages are trying to Bounce back this morning. So what do we need to look out for? Keith Weinman of Financial Gravity Colorado weighs in in just a few. At 7.33 and change, Keith Weinman, Financial Gravity Colorado in. And, uh, well, there's no easy way to slice it. April's <laughs> been ugly for the markets. It was three trading days left. Okay, for the month so far, the Dow is down 4.2%. The S&P is down 7.8%. The NASDAQ is down 12.2%. Yesterday, the S&P 500 had its worst day since March, down 2.8 to close below the support level of 4,200. What does that mean? That means that technical analysis says it is likely to go lower. The NASDAQ had its largest daily drop since September of 2020 to a fresh low for the year at a point that is 23% below its record high. Now, after the close yesterday, Google parent Alphabet reported that it missed first quarter estimates on earnings and revenue. Alphabet also said that it will buy back $70 billion worth of its own stocks, so it is bullish on its stock. This morning, Microsoft is up after news that it beat expectations on earnings and revenue in spite of a price increase for its products. Boeing is down after reporting a miss on earnings. And all the major averages are up, but not by a whole lot. The Dow Industrial Average is up uh, almost four-tenths of 1% on 129 points, 33,369. The S&P 500 up, again, four-tenths of 1%, uh, 19 points at 4,196. The NASDAQ is up 102, eight-tenths of 1% at 12,592. Yield on the U.S. 10-year Treasury, 2.74. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil, $100.84. That's down 86 cents. News there that Russia has suspended oil and natural gas sales to both Poland and Bulgaria. Bitcoin, 38,846, up 582. Things to watch out for? We'll get first quarter earnings reports from Facebook parent Meta after the close today. Then Apple and Amazon both report tomorrow. CNBC's Jim Cramer says there are three things behind the market pullback. They are, one, the Fed's plan to slow inflation by raising interest rates. Two, the Russia-Ukraine war, and three, the COVID-related lockdowns in China. It's being reported now that there are are literally millions of people starving, uh, and food for them is rotting right Uh. now. Uh, so those three things, according to Jim Cramer, CNBC, behind the market pullback, Cramer says if just one of those things is resolved, 
there are ingredients in place for the market to find a bottom at that point hmm. and to turn higher, to level off and turn higher. And those are, th- when you think about it, those are three big things. Have you seen the photos coming out of China of uh, the COVID-19 uh, police force? Uh, they're dressed in decontamination suits, and they're all standing there at attention. And it looks like they have gas cans by their side. I mean, it's it's absolutely mind-boggling. It's gas surreal. I, I don't know. Maybe it's hand sanitizer, but it oh. looks like they're in those, uh, you know, how you get uh, the uh, plastic uh, gas yeah, can to throw in your car yeah, and it's yeah. got the nozzle. Right. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's what it looks like. So I don't, I mean, what are they dousing people with? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I, is that being covered? I, and, and again, no, I haven't seen those yeah. pictures. I think you have to look for them on the web. Yeah. To say it's disturbing. Oh, and some might say, oh no, it's just Russian disinformation. Mm-mm. This is China. (laughs) Largest population on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And And shut them down. What was it? uh, 25 million people on lockdown? 26? 28. 28. We're up to 28. 26 or 28. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's being said that the reason COVID has reared uh, to the degree it has in China, the most populated nation in the world, is that the China refused to use mm-hmm. any inoculants that were created by U.S. companies. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And uh, so question, are we all going to pay for that? No. Uh, in well, in more ways than, than one, right? I right. mean, what a great question that is, Keith, because we're going to pay for it, uh, in terms of uh, more potential health crises across the country, uh, in terms of the ongoing uh, global supply chain issues that they're Products. only going to exacerbate, uh, in terms of the big payout. Uh, got a fascinating story, good segue there, Keith. Fascinating story. It's called The Great American Pay Cut. Five things we're paying more for thanks to inflation, but also thanks to a number of global factors as well. Yeah. Uh, look look how much uh, China is responsible for with regard to manufacturing of products that are sold worldwide. Mm-hmm. And here you've got that country being shut down, that production being shut down. Um, remember, inflation is um, too much uh, money. Money chasing too, too few, few goods, goods and services, right. mm-hmm. and apply that on a global level, and uh, we end up paying for their refusal. Oh no! But Jen Psaki called it the Great Treadmill Crisis because you know it's just that we're all greedy and we're all hoarding, and it's all our fault because we as consumers are doing what we do: we consume. Mm. Good God. Jen Saki, go to MSNBC. Please, you can't go soon enough. Right? There you go. (laughs) Keith Weinman of Financial Gravity, Colorado. All right. So maybe you're anticipating those retirement years. Doesn't matter where you are on your career path because, uh, well, those years will come around, they'll roll around a lot sooner than you think. And that's why it is vitally important that you get a 
good workable retirement plan in place. And as I know I'm preaching to the choirs, I'm sure you're well aware, the sooner you start that plan, the better. You need to get in touch with Keith Weinman, Financial Gravity Colorado. Any number of ways to reach you. Yeah, learn how to do that. Just go to financialgravityco.com. We are Financial Gravity Colorado. And you can find us. You can find out at email and call me, financialgravityco.com. Keith Wyman, Financial Gravity, Colorado. Thanks so much. 741 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310-KFKA. This is Kevin Carr with Fat Guys at the Movies, and you're listening to Mornings with Gale on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310-KFKA. You play the guitar on the MTV. That ain't working. called the great american pay cut five things that we are now paying more for thanks to inflation and the action or should i say the inaction of the biden administration yeah i know i'm not telling you anything but i uh, thought i would pass this along uh 750 now northern colorado's voice 1031-1310 kfka mornings with gail from the allo communications uh, studios working from peace by houston keen out of uh, fox business now as you're well aware inflation rose to eight point five four percent in march this from seven point five seven percent in february having skyrocketed throughout biden's first year in office and many economists have pointed to biden's signature multi-trillion dollar spending package as one of the primary drivers of inflation President Biden and the Democrats, as you're well aware, have been pointing their fingers at uh, Putin. Hmm. Second verse, same as the first. Remember when everything used to be uh, former President Donald Trump's fault? Now everything, apparently, is uh, President Putin's fault as uh, uh, being the primary driver of inflation. But many of us are looking at the West Wing, regardless of political affiliation. I think we can agree on this point as the source of our economic woes. We're already seeing the crimson signs of our dollar not going as far as it used to. Gas prices just out of control, skyrocketing, rent costs are rising, and yes, food is becoming more and more expensive, and don't expect that trend to go away Anytime soon, this has food costs across the board are expected to continue to rise with a warning of global food shortages coming uh, from President Biden just last month. Uh, the president cited his sanctions of Russia uh, for the war in Ukraine as a factor uh, in those expected shortages. You had Representative Kevin Horn out of Oklahoma, House Ways and Means Committee member and co-chair of the Small Business Caucus is saying that businesses, quote, rely on stability in the market and, yes, consistency from their government, going on to say, from the farms that grow our food to the factories that process it to the truck drivers who deliver it to grocery stores and restaurants. Everyone is experiencing volatility in the aftermath of pandemic restrictions and conflicting mixed messaging from the government. Hearn 
said that speaking from experience as a restaurant owner, even a delay of a few hours on a shipment could well mean shortages on the menu and that the delays that we're looking at now will be much more substantial and they'll impact grocery stores and restaurants of all sizes as if Restaurants, small businesses uh, that were so hard hit uh, by the mixed messaging and the ever-revolving uh, door of mandates and shutdowns and reopenings and lockdowns and, well, the list goes on and on. You know what I'm talking about. Once again, looking at a lot of difficulty as so many restaurants are some of our favorite mom and pop restaurants have gone out of business those that are still managing to hang on well they're looking at uh, well increased woes to keep their business afloat now Hearn added it's probably too late to prevent a food shortage crisis entirely but it's not too late to take action to limit meaningful action to limit the damage by incentivizing employment. Imagine that. Restoring stability and, yes, uh, strengthening uh, our supply chain. All right, let's talk a little bit about fuel. Gas. The average gas price in the nation currently sits over four bucks a gallon. And the hefty fuel prices are making workers reconsider going back to the office to work as businesses are starting that return to normalcy see normal operations after the pandemic. The war in Ukraine has put a strain on the global oil supply, uh, supply, but unfortunately, so has the Green New Deal by any other name as this administration tends to focus on its climate change agenda, much to this nation's peril. Energy independence is National security. Tell me where I'm wrong on that point. 970-353-1310. Drop me a text. Triple eight to five three zero 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 forty three. Oh, and then there's the president's short-sighted decision to nix the Keystone XL pipeline while previously lifting sanctions on Russia's Nord Stream two pipeline. How does that make any sense whatsoever? And, of course, I also question the administration's messaging about the need. We need to, we, we, we need to buy more electric cars. Well, it's not just the gas. It's the whole car. Speaking of cars, car prices up in the nation due to chip shortages and supply chain issues that have made buying a new car, including those oh-so-vaunted electric vehicles, difficult for many Americans. Okay, let me ask you a question. If electric cars are so great, and if they are indeed our future, then why does the industry have to be subsidized? Riddle me that. 970-353-1310. Drop me a text. 888 All right. So we've got uh, home energy costs uh, going through the roof uh, pretty well across the board. And it's not just heating. It's the whole home as well. Again, too much money chasing too few goods. And how are we going to turn this around?
757 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310, KFKA. Unwind with a good afternoon guy, Brian Gary, weekdays at 3 p.m. on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Well, County Board of uh, Commissioners, uh, one of the latest local government bodies to announce opposition to that collective bargaining bill in the works for public employees. Tell you what, we'll check in uh, with uh, Scott James, uh, chair of the board of Weld County Commissioners at 805-1310, KFKA Greeley Loveland, 8 o'clock.